What's up, everybody? Hey, my name is John. I am the Tattoo Historian, and thank you for tuning in to episode zero of the Tattoo Historian show. Yes, I thought I would do an episode zero because you all should get to know me a little better, understand who I am before we start going into interviews and listening to all the rest of my podcast, which I hope will have one a week coming out. That would be fantastic. And I have a lot of friends who want to come on and talk to us about history, all kinds of different histories, uh, different outlooks on history from people with different backgrounds, which is something that I really want to highlight. Uh, But first, I wanted to do this episode zero, like I said, because I wanted you to get to know me a little better, get to understand where I'm coming from in the field, and to understand what my purpose here is with the Tattoo Historian Show. Uh, first, let me go way back in my history and talk about where I come from. Uh, I'm from a small town in South Central Pennsylvania, and I grew up 25 miles from Gettysburg. And so when I was a kid, I really took an interest in history around the age of eight. My father left home when I was five, and I was really looking for a father figure. And so I dove into history to look for basically a father figure. And I would lock myself in my room and I would read a book. And for you Civil War nerds out there, by the time I was about eight years old, I was reading uh, The Killer Angels by Michael Shara, and I was reading Bruce Catton's works. And for those of you in the the Civil War community, you know that Bruce Catton's works were uh, fundamental back during around the Centennial era. And... For an eight-year-old to read that is is pretty strange, and I, I, I can guarantee you that I was a pretty strange kid in that regard. Uh, I knew Napoleonic tactics before I could really tie my shoes very well, so I was that dork who was uh, hanging out in his room watching documentaries when I got a TV uh, instead of hanging out with friends on Friday nights, uh, but it all stemmed from coming from that uh, broken home situation. And I've really wanted to have something to believe in, to make my own. And while most of my friends weren't interested in history, I saw that I could be, and that could make me a little bit different than everybody else. And that really appealed to me. And so stemming off of that life uh, environment, I guess you could say, that life experience, uh, I really dove deep into history at a very young age. And when I realized that I could go out and I could teach this to the public through uh, historical reenactments or living history events, as they are called, I really gravitated towards that. And at the age of 12, I decided I was going to go full bore into the reenacting hobby. And Of course, growing up so close to Gettysburg, the Civil War reenacting hobby was hot. And this is about 1993. And so I'm aging myself here. I'm dating myself with telling you that. So I was about 12 years old, uh, 1993. Some friends of mine had uh, a battery, an artillery unit, and a Civil War reenactment unit. And uh, they decided they would bring me on to run the powder, the gunpowder, from the limber where the powder is stored to the gun. And uh, I would do that for them. 
And at the tender age of 12, that's what I was doing. We were firing original Civil War artillery pieces, and uh, artillery immediately got into my blood. I fell in love with it at a young age, and I still love it to this day. But I also found people who I uh, could look up to, people who uh, were males, who were about the same age as my father, who I could look up to and I could say, okay, these guys want me around. And that really stuck with me. Uh, at the age of 13, I started carrying a musket, even though you're supposed to be 16 at that time. I started at 13. I lied about my age. And uh, I just ran with it. I think around the age of 16, I think that year when I could drive myself, I think I did 42 events in one year. It was either 16 or 17 years old I did that. And I would, as you could tell, I was just hooked. And probably a little too hooked you know that that might be a little too over the top but that's basically my style I go full bore into something if I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it 110 percent and I did that for a number of years but when it was time for me to go to college my family uh, mainly my my grandparents and my mother uh, they decided that since they were paying for my college I would go to college for what they wanted me to go for and that just happened to be accounting. So you're taking a kid who loves history and you're telling him, well, what are you going to do with a history degree? You're just going to teach. And teachers are a dime a dozen. So you're good at math. You need to go get your accounting degree. So I was a, a good kid and I said, fine, that's what I'll do. And I ran off and I got a, a two-year degree in accounting. And that got me absolutely nowhere. I, I hated it. I hated uh the one job that I did have with it, I hated it because I was basically stuck in a cubicle and I wasn't able to be myself. And I really learned that that wasn't me. That wasn't what I wanted to do. And that was a very good life experience, though. Instead of me regretting that moment, I took that and I made it uh, a positive and said, this is a learning experience. And then I started doing odd jobs after that. I didn't go back to school right away. Uh, I didn't have the money. I didn't have the time. So I went and I worked on construction crews. I paved roads and driveways. I worked in warehouses. I did a summer in a cemetery. Uh, I, I worked a short period of time uh, being a cashier at a, at a tourist shop. So I was doing all these odd jobs and uh, Basically, I was a jack of all trades and a master at none. I worked on an assembly line for a time, uh, building lifts like you see on construction sites. So I was doing all this stuff. And uh, the recession hit around 2008. I was laid off from a job. I got another warehouse job. And uh, I just didn't have the heart for it. And uh, I was let go of that job. And I decided then I was going to go do what I wanted to do and I went back to college and I earned my bachelor's degree in history in two years because I just went full bore into it again it's like going back to that childhood where I'm like I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do it full bore I'm gonna do it I'm just gonna attack this and I did my bachelor's degree in a little over two years I took a semester off and I was bored I didn't find a job right away. I didn't get a teaching certificate. I just got a public history degree. So I was going to work in a museum or an archive. 
and I didn't find a job right away, and I said, well, I'm bored, so I might as well go back to school. And I went back and earned my master's degree in history in just over a calendar year. And then I couldn't find a job again. And it happened to transpire that I was about a year of me doing odd jobs to make ends meet, and I scored a great job. I was hired uh, as a contractor with the Corps of Engineers, and they had a, a, a position open in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, where they were doing archival assessments of the holdings at a place called the U.S. Army Heritage and Education Center. Uh, which if you go to Carlisle, there's uh, Interstate 81 runs right past Carlisle, right through Carlisle. If you're on there, you'll see off to the side, you'll see some tanks and helicopters and all this stuff. Well, that's part of that center. It's a great facility. I worked there for three and a half years on this archival assessment project. Uh, and after a while, they said, we're going to cut the project. They, they cut the budget for it. And about two months before it was going to be to, to end, I decided I was going to leave. I had come to the conclusion that I'd hit a ceiling there. I couldn't go any higher. I was an on-site team lead, basically. I had been there the longest. I made sure everything ran smoothly while we were on site. I had a site supervisor, basically, or a mentor in the home district of the Corps of Engineers. But I basically was the go-to person on site in Carlisle. So I had reached that ceiling in that contract. And when I tried to get involved in other things, especially educational or interpretive things, I was told, well, that's outside the scope of your contract. So what happened uh, with that was I hit the ceiling and then I hit the walls. And I'm stuck in a cubicle again. And about this time, about the beginning of 2018, something major happened to me. And that was, I lost my fear of failure. That was the moment. When you lose that fear of failure, and you say, I'm going to go, and I'm going to do what I want to do, and be something that I'm passionate about, but can make a living on, you know, I'm not going to become a millionaire, but I can pay my bills, then that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to do something different with my life. And that's what I did. And in March of 2018, I left that employment. And uh, it was just the right time. You know, when you get to that point and you're like, I want to move on to something new and exciting and different and try this. Because I'd rather fail at something I dream about than fail at just another dead-end job. You know, at least I tried. And so I started this LLC and it was based off of a Facebook page that I had made in 2015 called The Tattooed Historian. So obviously off of that name you'll understand that I am tattooed. I have uh, approximately 30 tattoos on my body. Many of them date from the period of about 1930 to 1950. So even my tattoos are historical. Of course that's a big thing right now. Uh, the broad lines, the bright colors, the old school tattoos are still hot right now especially among my peer group and no one had taken up this moniker of the tattooed historian and so in 2015 from my cubicle job I started that Facebook page as a way to network with the outside world 
because I was thinking I'm going to go on and I'm going to get in our archival job or I'm going to get in our museum job and I couldn't go to conferences. I didn't have the funding to go so I better do some outreach here. And at the time LinkedIn wasn't that hot of a thing. Granted it's not you know the most exciting website to be on even to this day but it's getting better. But back in the day everyone was on Facebook and everyone was doing stuff on Facebook so I decided I might be seen here by my next employer I'm going to make a professional page and I'm going to brand myself differently and showcase what I do in the cubicle and that's exactly what I did I took the moniker the tattooed historian made a Facebook page got like 40 followers in a week and I was ecstatic I'm like great these are my friends mostly but they're watching what I'm doing and they're seeing what I'm doing and I can showcase that you can work with history. So I would take photos of the photos that I was finding in the archives during this assessment or photos of documents that I was finding because some of these things are out of the reach of maybe some of you. Maybe you live far away and these things aren't digitized yet. Well you could go onto my Facebook site and you could see them and I could give you some background on them and uh, you, would, you would possibly learn something from it. But you would also see what I do or what I did at that time. What I didn't realize was the moniker, the brand, the tattooed historian, that name was going to draw in a new audience. And that audience was younger than the average audience interested in history. And that audience was more diverse. And that's what the beautiful part of it was. I was getting people on there who was saying, wow, I can be a historian and be tattooed. To some people, I'm heavily tattooed. So you could be heavily tattooed and be a historian and be taken seriously. We were breaking down a new barrier in the field slowly but surely and inch by inch. I'm not saying I'm the only one that does that, but it was a part of that branding process to say it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside if you're passionate about something you can make a difference. And the Tattoo Historian moniker took off, the brand took off, and I just decided in March of 2018 I was going to turn that brand into an LLC. I already had people following me. I think I was at about 1,400 followers or so on Facebook. I had uh, the same brand on Instagram, and I had uh, about 1,000 followers on Instagram. And I figured let's just turn it into an LLC because that's what people know me as. I've already had people stop me on the streets uh, in Gettysburg, even in Washington, D.C., and it was so weird. They, they would come up to me and they'd point and they'd say, hey, you're, you're the tattooed historian, right? And I would just be taken aback. I'm like, wow, someone knows, knows my brand uh, you know, from Facebook or something. This is great. And I would say, yeah, and we would talk about some of the posts that I'd done, and I would ask them for input on what they would like changed or what things they'd like me to cover, et cetera. And it was just a great experience. I love hearing from people uh, randomly like that. And uh, so I figured I already had that base. So I might as well turn it into an LLC, and people will still know me. And so that kind of slowly led to this project, this podcast. I had tried to do a podcast previously, but I didn't like it. It was just me talking like I am right now. There were two episodes. I was talking about historical interpretation. I had no music. I had no guests. 
it was dull and boring. I hated it. And uh, I just deleted it, got rid of it, and I'm starting anew now. And now in 2019, I want to grab the bull by the horns and I want to run with it. So I think that uh, through the response that I received online where people asked me questions to answer on this podcast, especially one that uh, my friend Ken on Instagram uh, sent me and a couple other people did as well after him with what got you into history. I think I covered that. It was, it was that broken home experience, wanting to find a father figure and finding that figure in history in many different people. That's what really got me into history. What got me into professional history was that desire, that passion to want to do more with history. And what has led me to this today is the fact that I think we need to open history up to new people. History doesn't have to be just for historians. And history doesn't have to be uh, something that you have to pay for all the time. That's what really stuck with me. I wanted a friction-free model when it comes to the tattoo historian. I know what it's like not to be able to afford $10 a head to go hear someone speak. I would rather give it to you for free. And one of the ways I did that was I started a speaker series called The Tattoo Historian Presents. This was in response to seeing a lot of evening programming in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, where they were charging you to come in and hear about history. I said, that's BS. We need to do this for free to get people in. Because one of the number one questions I heard walking the streets of Gettysburg in the evening was, what is there to do here? Well, let's give some free history. So I went to my friends at the Gary Owen Irish Pub, and I said, I have this idea for the pub upstairs. Now, they have an upstairs private room called the Go-To. It's open Fridays and Saturday evenings. But during the week, it's not open. But you can rent it uh, and uh, for a fee, obviously, and, and, and do your thing there. And I said, you have nothing going on Thursday evenings. Why don't I take a, would you allow me to take a Thursday evening a month for like three months? And let me do a speaker series there. And I will bring a speaker in to talk about something they're passionate about in history. And we'll see how it goes. Well, thankfully, they said yes. They said, we'll try it. We'll see how it goes. So the first month I brought in a speaker a wonderful speaker, Dr. Ian Isherwood of Gaysburg College. Now that was a chess move on my part because I knew Dr. Isherwood had a large following in the student body at Gettysburg College. Now if I could get Dr. Isherwood to come in and speak about a subject he's passionate about, those students will show up as well. And then they'll know that, hey, next month there's going to be another one of these. It gives us something more to do. So I had Dr. Isherwood come in, and this room, this private bar upstairs that is supposed to hold around 30 people, we got like 45 people in there. Now, the Gary Owen had no idea what the outpouring was going to be. Neither did I. And we decided we wouldn't have a bartender because I didn't want them to lose money on it. God forbid they have to pay a bartender, and then I say we're going to do this 
and then hardly anyone shows up and they lose money. I lose credibility. I said, don't worry about the bartender. And uh, then we had 45 people show up. And you can imagine for about 20 minutes or so at the end of this speaking engagement, I had people who were really thirsty. And I had someone text me five minutes before saying, I can only get up to the fifth step on the, on the staircase. I'll try to come next month. I had people lying down the stairs. So this showed me that friction-free history works. And it can work. I can give a free program to the general public and draw in people who may not have anything to do that evening to come out have a beer, and sit down and listen to some history. So from that point on, we learned our lesson, and we learned that we need to have a bartender upstairs, and now we do. So every Tattoo Historian Presents, we have a bartender. We have food service. We have drinks. We learned through doing, and that is what I'm going to be doing with this podcast. I'm going to be learning through doing, through hearing your feedback, through hearing the feedback of those I interview. And I have some great interviews coming up. Uh, I have already recorded about three of them. They've come out very well so far. There's a few things that I want to make different for the next set of interviews. But what you're going to see is the progression of this show forward. I have a lot of good historians coming up on here. I have tattoo artists coming up on here. Uh who either tattoo in Gettysburg, like they, uh, one of my interviews is uh, a couple who run Cross Cannons Collective of PA. They tattoo right in the heart of the tourist district. And I wanted to talk to them not only about tattooing, but I wanted to talk to them about tattooing in a historical place and how that uh, is seen with the economy and how that is seen with the, the public when they come to a historical place. And we talk about that. So we're going to talk about tattoo history. We're going to talk about all kinds of history. I'm going to be talking to all different kinds of people. I am so thankful for the outpouring of support that I've received so far. I hope that you learn something from these. And I also hope that it lights a spark within you to want to learn more about a subject, a historical subject, something you had never thought about before. I think that's highly important. That's how I got started in it. That's how I fell in love with it. Uh, that's what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about education. I'm passionate about making this fun for you and helping you understand that this stuff is cool and it's all around us and there's all kinds of stuff you can get involved with, whether it's you studying your genealogy, whether you go out and you learn tattoo history, whether you go out and you learn uh, the history of rat rods, or you go walk through your local cemetery, or you go to your local historical society, whatever it is that interests you, there's a passion there. There's a spark there, a hobby, uh, something to do to pass the time, something uh, reading historical fiction, or whatever. It, it's a beautiful thing. History surrounds us. We all have our own history. We're all a bunch of biographies waiting to be written. So history is all around us. And what I hope you gain from this is the fact that historians are different all around. Okay, and what I mean by that is you can be a historian and be different than the historian next to you. I was asked once 
what historian do I want to be like? And I said, I don't want to be like any other historian. I want to be me. I want to be my authentic self. Who am I? How can I help the field? What can I bring to the field? What can I just bring into the focus of the general public? That's what I want to be remembered for. I don't want to be remembered as a historian who was like Ken Burns or a historian who was like David McCullough. I want to be remembered as my own historian. Just like you maybe want to be remembered for being yourself and being proud of it and being self-aware. That's the key. And I think that we can learn from each other, no matter what our skill level is. No matter if you have a PhD or a GED, we all have something to give to this. And that's what I want this show to be about. I want that to be introduced to you. So I hope that you will really get some enjoyment out of this program. Like I said, I have some great people lined up to come on here and to talk to us about history and all kinds of facets of history, historical memory. Uh, we have people coming on to talk about the revolution. We have people coming on talking about medicine, uh, about uh, labor uh, disputes like coal miners. We have people coming on to talk about the Civil War, World War II. We're going to run the gamut. We're going to do all kinds of history on here. This isn't going to be just me spouting off about military history. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be new. This is going to be something fresh and edgy and something that you can get involved with. Because I have my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash tattooed historian. I have my Instagram page, which is at the underscore tattooed underscore historian. I know that's kind of long. But uh, you can look me up on there. And I'm on all these other platforms so that we can have communication back and forth. And we can see what works, what doesn't work, and we'll change it up. I have a lot of ideas uh, to throw out there and to hear your feedback. And I really can't wait to work with you and to discuss history with you so that we may make history come alive for people come alive for you. That's what I want in the end. I want you to enjoy a facet of history, no matter what it is that you really are passionate about. Whether you're passionate about it an hour a week or 40 hours a week, I just want you to enjoy a facet of history so that you can understand how important history is to our story, our human story. That's what's important to me. As I said, I will be releasing an episode every week. I have uh, some sponsors who will be sponsoring some of my podcasts. I will be talking about them as well as time goes on. I'll be talking to you about preservation efforts. I'll be talking to you about history in the news, uh, as far as maybe a preservation effort or an archaeological dig or uh, a major conference coming up or whatever else. Uh, there's a whole lot to talk about. There's a whole lot of different ways to talk about it. And that's what I'm looking forward to in this podcast. I am really looking forward to hearing the feedback, as I said. I'm really looking forward to hearing from each of the people I'm going to be having on here. Because everyone has their own fingerprint as far as how they do history, how they perceive history how they study history, 
everyone is different. And that's what I want to highlight here. So in closing, uh, I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I also want to thank, before I go off, off here uh, for this episode, I also want to thank Witch Hand Band. My buddy Carrie and his boys did the music for this. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. They were doing some riffs in the studio, and uh, so here we are. I'm, I'm really excited to, uh, to have that music on here. And uh, it, it's something that I enjoy. I love good heavy rock music. So it's good to have that on here. So I want to thank Carrie and the guys from Witch Hand for doing that for me. They're a great local band in Maryland. And uh, I love helping out local bands. And uh, I hope you do as well. Uh, I, I tried it for a short time. It didn't work out too well. So I went back to history. But I really appreciate you tuning in. There's going to be a great episode coming next week and the week after. I have a whole bunch lined up. I'm doing a bunch of interviews. There's so much more history to come. I really hope that you enjoy it. Go out there, read a book, read a tablet along the highway, talk to your friends about history, go to a pub and talk history, do what you need to do to get a little more history in your life. And please tune in next week for the episode one of the Tattooed Historian Show. 